0: Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 126 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And I'm Barbara. How's everybody doing out there? Barb, can you believe that... If COVID didn't happen, this weekend would be Race for the Future 7.0. Yeah, I
1: don't know what you want me to say. I'm super bummed. I know. super sucks. I would have been swimming now for about two months, biking now for two months. I'm already a runner. I'd be in super awesome shape, ready to roll. Contacted everybody I know in the industry and asked them for support via giving me a, a little bit of money for the foundation and looking forward to it and super psyched about the meeting. And now... Nothing. I've got two storms heading towards, uh, <laughs> one heading towards Florida, one heading towards the Gulf, and they're going to
0: merge. So it's. I heard about that. The double hurricane. How exciting! Oh yeah,
1: it's going to change a hundred times before uh, next Tuesday. So I'm not too worried about it.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that before. Yeah,
1: that's how it goes. I've been living here my whole life. Just another freaking hurricane system for me.
0: Yeah. So for the people that don't know, every year. During the Chicago Triathlon, which is like one of the country's biggest triathlons, a bunch of us crazy dental people, Mm -hmm. technicians, vendors, owners, managers, maybe even some dentists, I don't know, we all get together And we participate in this crazy, stupid triathlon that none of us really need to be in, but we are, to raise money for the foundation. And sadly, this year, we didn't get to do it. It's also the anniversary, as my wife reminded me, of breaking my collarbone today. Yay! While I was training for the triathlon two years ago, I think. So that's lots of exciting. So even though we're not doing the triathlon, Barb and I like to ask, if you can, check out the Foundation of Dental Laboratory Technology, and give what you can. It's a great organization that does a lot with education and just help promote our industry. And even though times are tough, we're not all able to get together for the triathlon. Head over to dentallabfoundation.org and see what you can do. Thank you very much for that, Elvis. Yeah, I do not get a cut when I do that, so don't (laughs) worry nothing to do with it so but don't worry hopefully everything will get cleared up and we're gonna do race for the future 7.0 with an asterisk next year in 2021 yeah i'll be there yeah you better start training now because you're gonna be way out of shape by then. <laughs> <now. laughs> so there are names in our industry that when you hear you instantly think of cutting edge bj kowalski is one of those names he owns road dental lab a lab that's known for being early in the surgical planning, the implant restorations, and the whole digital workflow. And we catch up with BJ to hear about how he got involved with the business, some interesting things that Roe is doing to streamline production, a really cool concept about getting technicians to do chairside conversions, and really what Roe is working on now to be on the cutting edge of. And we also learn what the B.J. means in his name. So join us as we chat with B.J. Kowalski from Roe Dental Lab. Barb, I got a call from a doctor who's looking for a new lab. What? That's awesome. Did they start to send you work yet? Yeah, but unfortunately her impressions are terrible. Miss margins, distortions all over. I don't know what to do. Well, she's probably looking for a
1: new lab because the last lab stopped taking her impressions. You know, bad dentists, they
0: go from lab to lab to lab. Yeah, that's probably what she's doing. But you know, I just got this account. I don't want to lose it. When I talked to her, I asked what impression material she was using and it was some brand I've never heard of.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of crappy impressions out there. I don't understand why offices use cheaper materials to save money up front, but in the end. It ends up costing them twice as much and with all the remakes for us and for them that they end up doing. And you know, we gotta eat the remake costs.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I really wish I could find an impression company I could rely on for help and the doctors can get the help they need for us to get the records we need.
1: So there you have it. Check out Kettenbach. This German manufactured impression material is taking the U.S. by storm. Not only do they use top-notch patented technology, but they have a dedicated customer service team that will work with your accounts, which is amazing.
0: Interesting. So do I just call the doctor and tell her to switch? You know, what if she doesn't want to?
1: Well, you know how doctors are. Most of them are pretty open and say, hey, if I can do better, please let me know. So if I was you, I would tell her to call Kettenbach Direct, give her the number of 877-532-2123. They've actually got a $99 starter kit They will put her in touch with a local rep, and they also have a lot of materials that labs use every day, like the Panacell Lab Putty Hard and Lab Putty Soft. They've got Soft Reline. They've got Bite Registration material. And when a lab orders, guys listen up, 25% off your first order. All you have to do is mention the code Dental Lab Podcast 25. Plus, they sell direct, so there are even more
0: savings whoa wait a minute i've heard about that lab putty we use it here in our lab i didn't even realize it was made by kettenbach that is amazing lab putty that our technicians love i'm gonna check out kettenbach-dental.us right now and then call my new doctor
1: so just hearing elvis say it's an amazing lab putty there you go there's a super awesome recommendation so
0: call him. thanks for your support of the podcast kettenbach thank you voices from the bench the interview we are excited to have on the podcast today a guy that i know i've seen a few times speak and i think most people have bj kowalski did i say that right kowalski almost kowalski it's polish come on get together (laughs) bj kowalski from (laughs) Rodental laboratory how are you sir Doing great today, Elvis. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. We got Barb with us again. How are you, Barb? I'm good to go. Thank you. Awesome. So, BJ, Barb and I don't like to do a lot of background check when we start doing interviews, (laughs) but I checked out your website and I saw that Ro started in 1926. That's insanely a long time. So give us the story of Dental and how you got involved.
2: Yeah, sure, guys. So, yeah, the lab is quite old, making vulcanite dentures and, you know, doing things before there was porcelain and uh, really before there was even crowns They were, you know, making some different prosthetics. It was a lab uh, called Roe Miller. Uh, The gentleman, first name was Roe, and he had run the lab until he passed away. Uh, He was not married at the time, and he left the lab to his girlfriend at the time, whose name was Rita O'Brien. My dad ran a laboratory in Akron called United Dental Laboratory, that's a... Friendly competitor. I know Barbara knows uh, RJ very well, DeLapa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At that time, uh, RJ was in college, I believe. My dad was like 49% owner, and he was in college, and uh, RJ's dad was not present in the business. He was in Florida or somewhere and not really active in the business. So uh, he asked to get majority interest, and they couldn't come to an agreement. So he decided to leave, and this uh, Roe Miller gentleman had died, and he knew the lab was going down fast. So he went in there and um, bought the lab from this uh, Rita O'Brien, which uh, proceeded to work for the company for over 50 years before she retired. She's you know passed away many years ago now, but a lovely uh, Irish woman. Hmm. That's kind of how the, the lab started. My dad ran the lab from the downtown location, moved uh, moved once over the years, bought a couple other laboratories. My dad retired pretty early. He retired before he was 60. Nice. And I purchased the lab about uh, gosh, like 16 years ago now or 17 years ago. And I took it over at that point. It was kind of a supposed to be a gradual transition, but my father was living in Florida a lot and most of the time. So you know how that goes. It's kind of hard to manage a lab when you're not there. So transition helped, happened a little quicker than uh, probably planned on, but it, it worked out really well. I mean, it's are family family business. I've got a sister that works here, two brother in laws. You know, like many lab people, I have tons of employees that have moms and dads and sisters <laughs> and husbands. And sure, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. that's the short history about it.
1: So I've known you for a little bit of time, and I never knew that was a family business. So that's really cool, and you have family in it. So I'm, I'm sure you guys are going to be from around for a long time. Come, do you have any kids yet? Oh yeah, I,
2: I have two kids that are in college. So wow, sweet.
0: Any plans of them joining the lab? Well, I, I
2: keep pushing them to dental school, so uh, we'll uh, see what we'll see what happens. I, I don't. They just like they just don't like teeth. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll see what happens, but they're still in the first two years of school. Sure. So they have. Got- yeah, if you sometime.
0: can't get them to work for you, get work from them. That would <laughs> exactly. be smart.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: So, what did your dad do? Was he a fix guy or
2: a removable you know, guy? He was a business guy. Obviously, he never really. He never picked up a handpiece for the most part. He, nice. Uh, was just a, a business person, and ran the lab from that perspective. Not technical. Sure. I, mean, he, I mean, any lab owner is, is very technical, you know, in their knowledge of things. So he could talk the talk with anybody, but he didn't specialize in any. Thing uh, that you created. So. No, I get it. Yeah.
0: And then when you were growing up,
2: did you spend a lot of time there? Were you on the bench? Yeah. You know, it's one of those, it's I, I've had some some other job, but as a serious like job, this is a pretty much the only one I've ever had. I, um, I, summer times, I'd work one day, I'd work in the prep room one summer, and next year I'd be, you know, started out doing plaster traps and suctions, is, is, you know, sure. like a lot of like, kids did, a dirty yeah. work, nobody wanted to do. <laughs> Clean the garage, kid, you know. Uh, and, and then, uh, Next year, processing dentures and then trimming dye, you know, working in the Crown and bridge department, just kind of bounce around wherever they need a, a helper. Wow. Similar through college, uh, I started doing some fails and I had some, you know, sig- much, as much success as you could have for doing it for a couple months. Yeah. When I got out of school, I was actually planning on going to law school and, and we've grown every year that we've that been around, which is great. We've had plus years every year. This might be the one exception for a good cause, obviously. Yeah.
0: Yeah, out of your control. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So for the year that I was getting done, they were a little slow that year. I Said, "Hey, can you do some sales? We could use some business." So, you know, I did sales for six, eight months, and then he said, "Hey, stop doing sales. We can't get the work done. So (laughs) come help get the work done." So fast forward, that's how I got stuck in the industry, and it's been a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your method of doing sales?
0: Did you go out and visit offices? You cold call?
2: Yeah, back then I, I would cold call. I had a philosophy of make as many stops as you could in the day, uh, just cover as much ground. And yeah. at that time, uh, you could get into offices pretty quickly. I thought appointments were kind of inconvenient with organizing, so I'd make as many stops as I could in a day. You know, up to 100, you know, 100 wow. sales calls a day. Yeah, you know, you, it says it's some people, but you go in some building where there's 15 dentists. Yeah, true. You know, it's not yeah. going to take long to walk door to door in a building. So that was my method, you know. I don't do sales anymore, but um, I know that's one technique. Uh, appointments work obviously really well, is as, uh, as what we've in these in this particular times. We're obviously going off of all appointments, which works better. Yeah.
1: What does your sales team look like now? Do you have a sales team, or do you do a lot of internet marketing, or How do you
2: market? We do a lot of web and internet marketing. We did not have much of a sales team uh, last year. This year, we have a a sales manager and two full-time and one part-time salespeople at this
1: point. Have you guys gone after any DSOs? Are you pretty much
2: fee-for-service and retail? We're pretty much fee-for-service and retail. I think we actually got a getting a, a large contract with a DSO uh in the next week but for some larger larger casework so more yeah. higher dollar c- cases we kind of specialize in so that is not our you know our strength is uh, DSOs we have some re- relationships but you know like you guys we haven't like gone all in with any kind of organization and I've been yeah. all- reticent to do that so yeah good call so you guys are two
0: locations right so you're in uh, ohio and also new york yeah we have a,
2: a lab in western new york and we have a lab in outside of wheeling west virginia as well
0: oh so three labs yeah. Wow. When did right. that expand? Was that all under
2: you, or did your dad do that? Uh, the, the one in Wheeling, West Virginia, is just a few people there. They that's been around for a long time. Yeah, that's been around for. Uh, we're in our second manager there, so that's been around for you know twenty five years. Wow. The lab in Western New York is something in the last couple of years. Nice.
1: Do they specialize in those different areas, or are they all
2: under your umbrella? Yeah, they're all under our umbrella, our name. They are removable laboratories. Okay. For us, it seems to be a good model of having remote labs be removable, um, because that's more of a localized business. Sure. Great. Yep. And outsourcing, you know, the the, the fixed work to us and providing support from there and pickup service and things like that. So. Wow. Yeah, that's great.
0: So I know Roe pretty famous for being on the digital technical edge. I guess I mean I've seen you speak a few times with some of your guide planning and all that you guys do surgical templates. So when did you start getting into that? Was that something you brought into the business?
2: Yeah, we we got into that pretty uh, pretty early on. That would be I think that was my first kind of splash as a you know young up and coming kind of manager of yeah. getting into it. I, I always say like, I do a presentation of something, I think we got in on the bleeding edge when it was too early. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we had a, our first 3D printer, was a 3D systems printer that was like as big as a small electric car now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I printed really <laughs> whack copings. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> I did that too. Not
2: get to work. I remember Robert Berger was in one doing like a hands on waxing course. You know, this thing's in the back of the room, kind of like rolled his eyes, like, oh my God, what are you guys doing with this <laughs> thing? It's like so stupid. And we used a software called Cinevad back then. And then one year I was at a, a Chicago meeting and there's a guy from Three Shapes standing at a table all by himself, nobody talking to him, didn't speak English. And he had a scanner and I saw the software and I said, I, I want one. I think it might've been his only sale there because this was the old real big scanner that they had. Because it took me like a month to get it because they didn't have distribution set up in the US. So I had mm-hmm. to figure out They're like, okay, we're, we'll are we sell it to you, but we need to find somebody to distribute it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so after we got it, all of a sudden those crappy wax copings, like you know, I, I could throw away, uh, I got to keep maybe, uh, half of them, you know, yeah. half of them were bad and half of them weren't. So I'm like, okay, there's optimism. So we kept moving forward with digital and obviously getting into ProSera when it first came out. And that was our, our start with digital. And that's really why we got into guided surgery and surgical guides so early Because I later upgraded to a a resin, uh, not a wax printer, but a resin printer. But again, it wasn't making any money for us. Mm -hmm. And I got introduced to a company called IDENT that made surgical guides. And so we started printing surgical guides just so I could use this technology that I dumped a whole bunch of money in and I couldn't make anything. And that's how we got into guided surgery early, just trying to find a way to use our investment. Hmm. Yeah. Do you guys plan the guides? Oh, yeah. 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 We have... um, we have a, a team of people, about seven people, that do all day long planning with doctors, surgical guide, you know, placement of surgeons. Yeah. So they're a planning team. They're, they're not all in Ohio. They're all over the, uh, in various uh, states, remote position. That oh, we really? Have, so. Oh, wow. That's not a bad gig. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you sit at home. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know they, they stay pretty busy. You know, yeah. Have a phone there. It just seems like you're here. It's uh, We have a, a bunch of remote employees now. It's working well. COVID convenient. Yeah, you know, it really worked out well with the COVID because we were really prepared because like we we have this model working in you know several states. We just got more of the same equipment and just doubled down. We kept a lot of our designers off-site still. Wow. Oh, wow, yeah. Even though they live in the same town because and I don't know if we'll ever bring them back because it just freed up some bench spaces. Mm-hmm. There you go. I think I
1: saw a video of you or several videos of you. Um, you're heavily vested in the carbon printers. Is that right? How many do you have?
2: Uh, we have five carbon printers now. Okay. Wow. And we picked up three more over the uh, COVID to, um, to kind of keep up with the PPE that we were producing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How did that go down for you? Tell us about that. I think that's the video that I saw, but what did you do? So you you fabricated them, you made them, then did you give them to the hospitals around you or did you ship them places?
2: Um, most of you know, we did shields like everyone did, shields, and that's mm-hmm. what we used carbon for. But I was trying to find something that could be more useful and more unique. So we got into to do making uh, nasal pharyngeal swabs. Yep, wow, for offices. So we we're doing them, gotten through some business connections. We were able to get an order for a million swabs from the state wow. of Ohio. Damn. So at that, at that point, I think during the whole process, I think I, think I bought 40 form printers during the COVID break to wow. help manufacture those. 40? Yeah. <laughs> So in addition to the fleet that we had, so wow, um, we had already had a bunch. So at some one point we had over 60 or 70 form printers producing swabs
0: all wow. day long. No
2: wonder you had everybody working at home. You needed the space. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we did. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, we had a whole assembly line of like high school and college kids with, uh, Gloves, hairnets, you know, oh, uh, sure, yeah. N95 mask, assembling these swabs, putting them in little envelopes. It was like a, it was it was a, it was interesting. I bet. <laughs> How long did it take you to make a million of those? Uh, they worked really just until um, we got finished in beginning of June, I think was our last shipment. Wow. wow.
1: How are you guys doing now? Have you been touched by it at all? Is everybody back to work? Are you back to being as busy as you were?
2: We are back to our previous uh, busyness with the amount of pickups and sales. Yeah, that's once we grew a little bit, but not much. Um, yeah. But hey, I was happy to be back. Yeah, what we were certainly our our orders for the other stuff really helped out during that time because our like everybody else, our pickups went down to near nothing. Sure. Yeah. What is a majority of your work local or is it nationwide? We do a bunch, a lot of local work, and we love our local clients. But yeah. we do about over fifty percent of our work is out of state. Okay. <laughs> I would say, more national. And there's some couple states we don't work in too much, but we have customers in almost every state.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's great.
2: We've been fortunate that we're doing all the precautions with temperature taking and masks and, you know, hand washing. And uh, actually thinking about having a spray system come in and spray the entire uh, building down with a long-term disinfectant. But we've had a couple employees that contracted this, but we were able to if anyone goes out of town, we really like we make them stay home for a couple of days to make yeah. sure things that yeah. they're healthy, uh, particularly if they're in a, a high risk area. And the one gal, actually came from Florida, Barb. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Like you know, I don't feel too good, and she she had been gone for two weeks, and so we had her stay home for a couple of days, and we obviously made anyone get tested before they come back who has any symptoms. And she, she had it, you know, it was a young girl, and she was um, fine. Uh, you know, it really didn't have any physical negative effects sure. other than a little under the weather. But she came back to work and is back. But we had a couple people like that, but nobody, you know, has it kind of gone around our lab. So, yeah,
1: well, yeah it touched our lab. We actually bought a fumigator, like you were just talking about, and we were doing that. Um, we're just nuking the place every night and just trying to keep it clean, and everybody's got masks on, especially in Florida right now. It's funny you know, you hear about it, but it never really reaches you. And it finally did. So, but um, everybody that did contract it, same thing. We got them out of the lab, had them tested. They can't come back for two weeks. Anybody around anybody, same thing. So I think that's really all you can do. Every night you're doing
2: that, huh?
1: Yeah, every night.
2: Wow. Okay. We are looking at a product called Microfield 360. And say they come in hazmat suits and they spray any surfaces and it's like a dry material that stays on the surface for up to 12 months and anything it sprays is Mm. potential to keep long-term disinfect in addition to daily cleaning so
1: i'm gonna check that out offline maybe you can email me and let me know what that is i I definitely don't think we're doing that because we're doing it nightly so
2: Mm. cool yeah that's a wet thing that goes on so i'm i'm i think i'm gonna pull the trigger on that um, yeah
1: sounds cheap (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's cheap, but you got to keep
0: people, you
2: know, safe. Yeah. I guess what's the price of keeping your business open? Yeah, uh, yeah no, no.
0: Especially yeah. now, now that the business is there.
2: Yeah. When the doctors, when they were closed, you're not losing, you know, the opportunity with the doctor to move to somebody else or try another sure. lab. If you, nowadays, you, uh, you might even long-term lose those clients. Absolutely.
1: So you guys are very um, heavy in implants. I, I think I have a uh, Tim Stahl who used to work for Night Dental works for you now, or did work for you at one time. Is that?
2: Yeah, he does. Correct.
1: Still. Such
2: a small girl. It's a great job. That's a big percentage of our work has involved the implant, both in crowns and, and guides and things like that. So, um, that's kind of where we like to play.
1: Yeah, tell me about that system. I don't really have it, like, I'm thinking where you keep all of your implants in a cabinet and then they scan them in and scan them out, or they just scan them out. Yeah, I know that that's helped you with your metrics and, you know, just keeping everything contained, but
2: tell me about it. Sure. The system is um it's from a company called Cubics, which now they've rebranded it called Zimbus for Z I M B U S, which mm-hmm. is their Arizona and then Los Angeles they have two divisions I actually went out to their facility. They're a legit company, you know, nice, large staff, you know, R and D department, they're, they're making things. And what they do is they make cabinets that uh, mostly control narcotic drugs in veterinary offices, medical offices, drugs that um, you want to make sure you keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a cabinet. Oh, it stands maybe five foot tall and has maybe 25 drawers in it. You can arrange the drawers on any size you want but we got connected with them and uh, i got connected with them with a an implant company we were looking at doing some things with and placing uh, implants in doctors offices on consignment nice. and i decided not to go down that route but in the process i you know found this equipment i said boy this would be great for implant parts because you know in our lab we move well over a million dollars in in parts a year wow it's a huge expense and sometimes if you don't bill for one case, that could be you know thousands of dollars in loss. On yeah. the flip side, sometimes you bill you bill too too much, and then you have bad rapport you know with the doctor that you're trying to yeah overcharge them, and it was just an honest mistake, and somebody pushed a push the wrong button on a case so yeah. so what this does is, is basically integrates with our software system which we use inventrix LabTrack. Sure. Mm-hmm. we once the parts come in and say we have a box of ten thousand dollars worth of parts we they come in we put them all in the cabinet we assign a, a cost to the parts in LabTrack. Uh, LabTrack knows what kind of margin we want either on a dollar or percentage basis mm-hmm. and when we go to take the case we punch in the numbers, uh, say, I want this part. It asks what case we're assigning it to. We pick the case and it basically uh, opens a drawer. Each drawer will have little individual cabinets, like the size of a, a mouse. Hmm. It pops up, open one little container in the cabinet and says, that's your part. You can take it. So wow. You can't take 10 of the part. You can only take one of them or two of them. Sweet. So it really controls it. And it's also nice because it we're Registered with the FDA as an implant manufacturer, so it can we really do a pretty tight job of maintaining our GMP system. It does an awesome job of keeping track of lot numbers.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, it must associate that lot number with the case. Exactly. That's pretty cool. That's
2: always something I've always struggled with our employees with compliance over the years is, you know, they, somebody gets lazy or they're in a hurry and I'll, I'll do it later. You just do it when the box of stuff comes in and all your prices are right and all your lot numbers are right. And uh, you, I kind of feel warm and fuzzy that uh, we're getting the right and not losing money.
1: Yeah, yeah, we looked at that. I think we may be getting that. But I, I've, uh, again, I've heard that it's a. It, what did you say about it? I, I think you said it, it increased your margins, or it? How did it affect the actual laboratory in terms of revenue and margins? Yeah.
2: You know, we, we track our implant and attachment parts, you know, on our income statement as a separate entity. Mm-hmm. And I could see after a period of time in, in the laboratory that we were, you know, meeting the margin that we wanted to, to meet and our, our revenue was going up in that area. Wow. Anytime you're integrating something new, it was a pain. But uh, at least with the Inventric software, I think we got most of the the problem solved. Yeah, you know, we, we're happy with it. Cool.
0: Yeah, it also prevents when that denture technician drops the locator metal housing, can't find it. So they go back in stock and grab another one. Right. <laughs> they don't tell anybody. Right. I'm not saying that happens all the time, but I'm sure it happens. And then next thing you know, your inventory is off and you don't have one and you're... Yeah, 100%.
2: And it can actually assign, when you have a waste like that, they call it waste, you can actually assign it to a technician so you can see what technician is losing screws the most (laughs) often. Oh, Uh sure. Like, hey, here's a screw, no problem, you know. We treat everyone with respect here so we can give everybody attitude. But at the end of the month, you can be like, listen, you know, you lost 20 screws, everybody else lost one, obviously.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're putting a tarp under you. That's Mm -hmm. how we're going to handle this. Yeah. So all on fours and those kind of conversions, are you guys out doing those?
2: Yeah, we are to support our the implant business and the you know the full arch stuff. So we have uh, several yeah, sure. employees that um, that basically travel around the country, wow. you know, doing those doing those surgeries. And it's um you know worked out pretty good for us. It's a challenge with you know in these times you know some of the yeah. folks don't want to get on planes anymore, mm-hmm. um, which I totally respect. So they're working regionally, and we've actually kind of found another solution for them that we're we're working on trying to convert all of our all on four stuff to go through a, um, a new service that we partnered with. Um, uh, I partnered with somebody on It's uh-huh. called, uh, called CHAIR, hmm. uh, so which stands for Clinical Support in Region. And it's basically like a uh, matchmaking service between denture technicians that, or technicians in general that want to do those services and doctors that need them. Like an Uber or a Match.com. Wow. So you basically in chair with a number of technicians around that just this is all they do. You know, they don't have a lab yeah. anymore. They just do this. So they could sign up and say, okay, I'm available. They signed up the chair and they signed the contracts. The contracts are, are pretty stiff you know, because we, we have to be very rigid about the person that comes in there cannot be advertising their own lab. They can't sell any products. They can't sell any implants or bone grafting they're there to do a job and that's it so there's some really yeah. penalties in there uh when i use chair, i don't want you know somebody in there saying oh this is my, my denture could be better you know it's yeah. doing a job yeah sure yeah Admitably for it probably more than they might even be charging themselves uh, all the logistics are taken care of there's they use a travel service which makes sure that we can watch to make sure the flights are booked and the hotel's booked the person's going to be getting on the plane um so Yeah. Everything I think has really worked out pretty um, ingenious because I remember I was sitting having a meeting with National Dentex and talking about clinical support, which does the in-sequence product, which is similar to Chrome. Mm -hmm. And they rolled their eyes like, you know, nobody makes money on these clinical support visits. A lot of lab owners are the ones doing the surgery and they're out of their lab for a whole day. It screws up their next day. They're working the weekend because they... Now they're behind. Yeah. They, they couldn't charge enough for that surgery, but they do it because of the client and relationships, but they could send somebody else to do the surgery to represent them in an extremely professional way, not solicit business whatsoever, not even say where they're from, and they get the job done and they can make money on it. Could be a winning situation for everybody, so that's the way. Uh, that's what chair does.
0: And how did you find that? He was on tender.
2: No. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a new company that's that's been started. It's you know based out of outside of Buffalo. And we kind of refine the idea working with this individual. So um, wow, I think it's going to be the way we do all of our clinical support in the future, I think. Wow. So obviously you require those
0: technicians to have previous experience doing conversions, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. They would be vetted through reviewing and having conversations with past clientele mm-hmm. based on their, you know, some technicians, like, you know who they are, you know, people that know them and you're like, okay, this person is, yeah, they're solid. They know what they're doing. <laughs> if somebody is not known, like that, then, and we don't feel good about the references. One of the chair folks would would meet them at a surgery and observe to make sure that they're up to speed and
0: mm-hmm.
2: appropriate. You know, they come in with chair branded scrubs on, and they're representing that brand and you know their client. So yeah, what I'm doing, is like like one of my guys, you know, say lives in uh, out of state, and I say he's in uh, he lives in Dayton, Ohio. He's not busy all the time. So when he's not busy, and I don't have work for him as a lab owner. I can go on to the chair site and basically send him to one of those chair surgeries, be paid for it. So instead of paying him to sit home and do nothing for the week, he can get paid or the company can get paid to use his services.
1: Hmm. That's crazy. I love that.
2: Because that that was a problem I was having is I have people sitting at home that I'm not keeping busy enough. I'm having answering phone calls and doing some things, but it just, they had a unique set of skills. And typically these, you know, these are technicians that are pretty well, well well-paid technicians. They're usually experienced and savvy, Mm -hmm. communicate and work on their feet and, you know, make quick decisions. So they're always more expensive, you know, team members. Oh, yeah. That's for sure.
0: So, do you provide the technician with a kit to go in to do the chair side with everything they need?
2: Yeah, that they come with a rolling case. You know, they they come with a yeah a, a box. They have to be clear what, what equipment they're going to use. You know, it's very they have to. There's a whole conversation that chair has with the technician about what they use, how they use it, what materials, you know, what they say, how they say. You know, what what is the, what is the chair side manner? You know, there's different mm-hmm. laws in different mm-hmm. states. That you have to have you know we've doing this for so long and we've learned there's a um i mean there's some doctors that that want you to like do everything and there's yeah. you know, you're not supposed to do in, in certain states so you, you can't and there's some doctors that want you to stand you know dutifully in the corner and, and wait until you know you're requested yeah but you know with our folks you know we've always never let a doctor make a mistake we always figured out a way to handle that discreetly with a pre-conversation before saying doc if i see something how should I handle that? If I have a suggestion that I think is going to be important to the success of the case, we would hand signal or a certain word and pull a doctor out of the room and talk about something. So that's awesome. Love it. But we've done thousands of conversions, you know, over the years. So it's, it's, it's I think it's rewarding because they, you know, technicians often don't get to see the patient and the, yeah. and the happiness that they get. And I know any technician that does conversions, they get a nice sense of satisfaction when things go well, because, you know, you get this patient that was in, in dental distress and now they're have beautiful teeth that don't come out and it's there's a, often a lot of tears so it's yeah sure. that's a nice thing about doing that yeah sure
0: are all the ones you do use the chrome surgery guide
2: uh, most of the ones that that we do that bro does uh, use chrome because that's our kind of our product that we Mm -hmm. we work with a lot and and that's the way we choose to do it and recommend we do have some people doing it freehand but the chair group they they can handle chrome or in sequence or you know gopa any kind of any system out there they can handle excellent so but you know the technicians would need to be educated and trained on all the various differences in the protocol in essence the process is the same but there are some nuances that one
0: needs to be familiar with. Sure. So talk to us about how you got started with the Chrome. I believe I met the gentleman that came up with Chrome in Chicago, and it was a
2: quite interesting, but you're not the only lab that does it, are you? No, that, that's correct. Yeah. We kind of started with Chrome. It was a different version back then. It was a, a plastic surgical guide, and I met the gentleman, Jay, that we were having uh, doing a lot of surgical guides. We met. We started meeting on some... Uh, Contentious subjects and not the friendliest <laughs> conversations. And Jay and I often kind of laugh, and he's a friend of mine, and uh, yeah. he's here in my building right now. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, we often uh, laughed it's like the movie Step Brothers, where you have two people and they're, oh. uh, they're like, they're <laughs> like each other, and all of a sudden it's like, do we just become best friends? Yes. <laughs> That's
1: awesome.
2: We found that uh, he had uh, some patent on certain. Uh, Aspects of guided surgery, horizontal pins, and certain aspects of it. Through our conversations and working with our team, we made it better, and it became Chrome that you know today with metal and all-metal surgical guides. So that was kind of we worked with him on you know making all the developmental changes, and he you know modified the intellectual property uh, you know, accordingly and submitted everything. Now that Chrome kind of operates as a network of labs. I think we have about twenty-five or thirty labs that that wow. do chrome at this point Hmm. they do all the basically the chrome lab network they do all the obviously communicating with the clients they're doing all the pre-work they're getting all the records together they're checking the bite maybe doing the digital setup chrome then creates the the digital surgical guide just from digital files and ships back metal parts and they print all the prosthetics and the the non-metal parts in the laboratory and assemble the case and then ship it out they maintain the relationship they do the beginning part and obviously the You know, the lab, most of the fee that the laboratory keeps at that point Mm -hmm. for it because they're doing most of the work. So that's kind of the structure of how Chrome works Yeah, for our lab network.
0: So is the denture still converted on a Chrome or is it already pre-converted? It's pre-converted
2: the teeth, which is the beauty of Chrome. And we feel like when the patient closes down, the occlusion is almost always correct in the right position. The facial, the position of the teeth is in an accurate position, line and size of length. It's pre-converted with holes that are in chrome and basically just drop in the cylinders and pick them up. That's nuts. Most chrome surgeries, doctors that are comfortable with bone yeah. reduction and you know, efficient at it, a couple hours for a single arch is, is pretty standard at this point. It? Wow. It can be longer, you know, it depends on the clinician, but yeah. to be, you know, a couple hours is not a not a big deal because the conversion time is, is cut down dramatically. Sure. Do
1: you hold any seminars at your laboratory and teach your newer doctors or younger doctors how to use those?
2: We do. Actually, we have one. Actually, it's going to be a live patient surgery uh, coming wow. up with just got scheduled for September. It's for, um, we call it Chrome Natural, which is basically it scalps the bone for having the teeth get into sockets as opposed to larger bone reduction. So it's less bone reduction, more aesthetic. It's, it's better for patients with a high smile line. Wow. Do you have an operatory in your lab? We do. We have three operatories and have a dentist that that works in our lab. He provides uh, dental care for all our employees and their families. Mostly paid for. Small little fee if they get restorations and things like that. But they get their you know, X-rays and cleanings twice a year. And, um, so, but we've we've kind of put that on pause during this COVID stuff. Yeah. They're seeing, they're seeing the uh, he's seeing the, our our staff at his office. Just to not to bring in extra people and have all you know, that aerosol spray going on here, so we thought it was safer not to continue with that until this uh, situation uh, subsides. That's one heck of a benefit. How long has he been yeah. there? Jeez. We've been in this building for a little over three years now. We probably got it started about six months afterwards. <sighs> um, we have a CT scan. We have all the. We had everything we needed. Yeah. Yeah. So we just added an extra. You know, the, the basis. You know, added an extra. One more chair, just so we could, you know, have them do three people at a time. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's really, it's really nice. I'm, I'm proud. I've always felt bad that I did not provide my staff dental insurance because people would come in here, new employees, they would be like shocked, like your dental lab and you don't provide dental insurance. Yeah. You know, the fact is most of our clients weren't on the list of dental insurances if we got it. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always wanted to self fund that and talked about some ideas over the years, like using a neighborhood dentist. And when we moved to a new building and we put in a comb beam and you know x-rays and, and i said that's this, this is the time You're halfway there you know, yeah we found a dentist that had an extra day of a week and it, it was it was working out really good and we're excited to get back to that what's his remake numbers is he, uh, <laughs>
0: is he good <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: that's that, those cases uh, I, I think they're pretty good you know People yeah pretty good. <laughs> but it's cool somebody's getting like hey we're getting a new um you know we new partial material or something. Let's, we hey, who, somebody need a new partial. We'll do that, do it for free instead of, you know, half off. We just made the staff pay like half the lab bill and, you know, the difference yeah. was free. We could try new materials, uh, you know, like digital splints. Um, we'd be like, Hey, let's, let's try uh, who, who needs a splint. Let's go see the yeah. dentist impressions let's see how it's going and you know, be able to be like, Hey, let me see it after two weeks, bring it back in. I want to look at it so we can do R and D, you know, I'm not like glider old R and D, but R and D a little bit better than we could before. A whole building full of Guinea pigs. That's great. <laughs> right. How is your digital impression intake? Uh, is it pretty high? Yeah. It's, it's ever increasing. In fact, uh, just the other day, I, I saw one person, uh, we have a gal named Kate here who handles our digital impressions and mm-hmm. I mean it was a, just a giant cart all full of you know empty pans and I'm like, wow it was just for today and she's like this is just one batch. Yeah. <laughs> They're increasing, you know, we're I, I'm not sure of the number. I mean it's well over, you know, thirty uh, percent at this point of the wow. number of units that we're doing from digital impressions. We advocate it. Um yeah. so we're a fan of that. It's actually excited. Um do you still have Inventrex Lab Barb? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. That's what we use too. Okay, well, you guys are here. So actually, I'm um, excited. We have a call in 15 minutes with Richard again. We are using a system, because I do some speaking for 3Shape and they had me wanting to test their dental lab integration system. So LabTrack is merged with 3Shape. So our 3Shape files now, we're going to a separate 3Shape uh, LabTrack portal and importing them all in there at one time and it automatically like matches them in.
0: No kidding.
2: Uh, I'm working on Itero now, so it would be one portal. You wouldn't have to go to eight different websites for all your oh, digital yeah. systems. One portal, all the cases come in, and it automatically matches them with your client. You know, you do a matching uh, at one point. Um, uh-huh. a ma- once the matching's done, once uh, it, it works out, and it's every time. So we we see the potential of basically taking Kate's job and and having her do something else, and having it automatically bring all those cases in. So.
1: Um, oh my God, yeah. that's cool
2: yeah in LabTrack, it attaches the prescriptions that they write in it it puts them it puts the notes where the notes are supposed to go so mm. if the doctor types in a digital note on uh communicate it's going to show up in lab track automatically wow. we're pretty excited about that there was a small lab uh, we're doing it I don't know who and then uh, we're doing it too we're just, we have a, a few little bumps to finish, but um, I, I see the potential of that saving a bunch of time. Oh, yeah. yeah
1: absolutely. Good time. It's amazing.
2: I got someone wasting half a day going to eight different websites to put oh, yeah. those things off. It's yeah. There. And, and it's, all, it's all air points and people can make mistakes, too.
0: Oh, yeah. You know how many times we schedule the same patient twice? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you don't. That never happens. No. No.
0: Yeah. Luckily, somebody usually catches it, but it happens. That's great. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just sighing
1: because that's amazing. So you're beta testing that right now or they're bringing it to you or what?
2: We're we're using it. So it's, I think it's, it should be, uh, we're working out some bugs. I don't think it's a. Uh, actually you might even not like that I'm talking about it, but we brought it up. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. You might want to ask when you um, get on that conversation today and let yeah. Elvis know if we had to take that out, but that's cool.
2: Yeah, it, it, I, I mean, I, I see no reason why it won't be available here, you know, in next month, you know, just trying to get it. You know, it's one of the problems there are things like, you know, the doctors aren't using their equipment properly. You know, for example, it's a, it's a Hill dental clinic and there's six doctors in it and it's signed on as Hill, but they put a note in there, you know, this is Dr. Doc- Dr. Smith. Yep. So, yeah. So, in that case, comes in you got to manually like say okay which doctor is it. So if the if the doctors did it properly, and that's why we're talking to Three Shape about maybe making the trios a little more intuitive. Like every time there's a case, it confirms what doctor it is, mm. uh, as opposed to signing on once for the day and have more of a login kind of a you have to restart the system so to speak. So yeah, little things like that that are more procedural than actual the Technology, it's just how doctors are using it, so yeah, that's gonna be nice.
1: Yeah, have you traveled at all? Or are you pretty much home based lately? Because I know you do a lot, yeah. Of <laughs>
2: no, I know. Like I mean, I, I don't know about, about you guys, but it seems like everything came to a standstill. I, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's still the Chicago meeting, still kind of up in the air at this point. It
0: is, yeah,
2: yep. We'll see what happens. So, I know that digital dental meeting, uh, when's gone on online, so yeah. It's crazy. I gotta be honest. I miss the traveling.
1: So do I. They (laughs) good canceled every one of them. You know, sometimes you travel too much. And then when you don't go anywhere, you're like, damn, I miss a hotel and hanging out and going to dinner and talking to people and networking and just having all of that energy. And yeah, it's been a lame year, tough year.
2: Yeah. Hopefully they find a cure or something to make this thing go away. So
1: yeah. So what's next on the horizon for Roe?
2: Yeah, we're, we're you know definitely um, moving really forward with digital dentures, and that's why we got the the five carbons now, so we can really move forward with that, and not even on our satellite locations. Um, I think it's a, a real a winner for I think it's a real winner for for patients because I think patients are going to get you know let's be honest with most most denture patients are you know they're all dentures are kind of economy dentures because if they weren't they would probably have you know have a whole bunch of crowns in their mouth and mm-hmm. endos and implants and you know, all on axes. So, you know, majority of dentures done in the country are, are for people that, you know, uh, you know, some had physical problems. A lot of them um, just didn't have the money to pay, take care of their teeth in their lifetime. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's going to get a lot of people a much higher quality denture and uh, at, a, at a much lower cost and much faster. So I'm very excited <laughs> about that. possibility of those. Sweet. I think we're flipping our, our splints over to digital here uh, right now. We weren't, we were super happy with some of the other materials on the market, like splint and some others, but the Mm FormLab material that came out, I've been super happy with that. It's crystal clear, hard, you can add acrylic to it, Mm. you know, it it doesn't, doesn't wear excessively. So in our trials here with, with people, I'm excited about that one. Cool. That'll be a big change in our removable department, changing, you know, know, we, we use SLM for our partials. So, um. It pretty much changes the main three product lines over. So, What
0: about gold crowns? you do a lot of gold crowns? We do some, Elvis, but it's
2: not too much. You know, not too much. It's definitely going down and down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure.
1: Same here. We don't do very many at all. I mean, if there's so many other options, we were talking to somebody last week about it, and there's still a fair amount in the United States being produced, but
2: uh, not by us. I mean... Upper second molar, I mean, I think yeah. all of us would say, yeah, what's better than that, right? I mean, yeah. it's a yeah. great crown, but the cost, you know, it's just the, the cost to get it done. It's an a expensive option for most, most yeah. doctors. So. Sure. What about
0: temporaries? You know, everyone's talking about the printed temporaries that are out. Are you
2: guys getting into that? Yeah, well, we... Or have you already done yeah, it?
0: We, You're probably going to tell me you did it 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, we've been <laughs> printing
2: all of our, our temporaries and, and milling a lot of them, like all the, the chrome Temporaries. We, we mill them, although the printing can work. I'm a little about strength. You know, if somebody's paying, you know, $25,000 for a, an arch of teeth and they don't want the provisional breaking, we've had a long track record of success of, of milling them and then withstanding the healing period. Yeah. We're playing around with some printing, but I'm, you know, we're going to, we're doing it with some clients to see how things are going, but I'm going to. More expensive temporaries, we're still mill them because I think we, we definitely get better aesthetics, and I, I feel that they're stronger. Yeah, but uh, yeah. it's going to change, you know, pretty quickly. I mean, if you look at the uh, you know the carbon material, if you actually look at the MSDS sheets and the, the instructions between their try-in material, uh, which is white, and the and the, the base, uh, it's the same material. You know, hmm. it's it's a different color. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, there's no real physical differences. So I I'm optimistic that everything will be printed in the near future. Sure. Same
0: here. I mean that's that's where it's all going. Yeah. I mean, what's what's left? The printed zirconia crown, right? Yeah, that's
2: on the horizon, I think. Oh yeah.
0: I imagine you do a fair amount of zirconia.
2: Yep. That's like like everybody else. That's their main bread and butter product for uh, that, and, and full arch cases as well. So. Yep.
0: Yeah. Which Zirconia brand do you guys use?
2: Uh, we're currently using the Argent brand.
0: Yep. Yeah. 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 That's what we use here. It's good stuff.
2: They're multi-layered, uh, translucent stuff. So yeah, we have a good, good rapport with them. So yeah, I give them a lot of credit. I mean, you talk about gold crown. It, it popped into my head when you mentioned that, but you know, talk about pivoting. I mean, they were an oh, yeah. all in sure. and you know, they, you know, and Anton, you know, saw the, the writing on the wall 10 years ago or whatever, five years ago. And, and, uh, started pivoting their business and they've done a very successful job of, you know, using their resources in a different way. And I think that's a good lesson for labs and everybody to learn of how to make sure you're, you stay relevant and don't become the next you know, Xerox type company or Polaroid rather.
0: Yeah,
1: for sure. All well said.
0: Great. Absolutely. So I know you were on the Cal Lab board. So when did you get involved with Cal Lab? What made you want to get on the board?
2: I've been going to Cal Lab since I was in high school. I, I probably I don't think I've missed a meeting one year ever. Probably thirty years I've I've attended every meeting wow. I've been to. certainly when I got out of college, I haven't not missed a Cal Lab meeting. I've always been there. Um wow. one of the ex board members, Daniela Hendrickson, uh, you know, mm-hmm friend of mine and she was in Columbus and said, Hey, I'm going to be stepping down. Would you be considering, um, you know, coming in? And I, I said, yeah, I mean, maybe I would. I mean, I'm, I'm at the meeting all the time. I'd love to help with the content. I've seen the evolution of the, of it uh, There's good people on the board, such as Barbara. Yep, and, um, so I, I, you know, accepted the invitation to to help get good content for the group. And, um, sure. I'm uh, hopeful that we're going to have a meeting this year in Chicago. I think we everybody board yeah. is very energized uh, to to create the best uh, meeting they can and to really take Calab to new levels. Yep. You know, for example, um, you know, I just watched with my staff one of the, uh, the you know the videos that we we put all the videos for members online. Can watch them after the fact, which it was a great video on core values. And I just watched it with some of our management team or watching it every Tuesday, breaking it down in half hour segments, but things like that. I think the Calab board is really going to try to push forward and make it even more so the best meeting in dentistry.
1: Yeah. I'm all for putting the meeting on. I'm one of those people that's a positive advocate for keeping things, you know, normal and having meetings. I super hope that, uh, our lab goes on NADL so far where visions meetings ago, but, um, you know, I just don't want to see everything get taken away from us next year. Also. What, what's the word I want to use canceled. I don't want to see everything get yeah. canceled again yeah. next year. So yeah. I'm really worried about
2: that. We have had a rough spell here in, uh, in dentistry and dental labs, but uh, geez, aren't you glad you aren't in the, uh, hotel business or the uh, <laughs> convention business or, oh my God.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Touché. I think we're super grateful. Yeah. My dad always told me people will always need teeth. And when everything shut down, you know, in my head, I was like, you know, there you got people in pain, people that want to go back. And, you know, our business came back super quick and, um, you know, people are always going to need their teeth. And so we're. I'm super grateful that I'm in this business and I'm really glad that, uh, you know, business has come back.
2: I just hope it, it continues. Yeah. I hope we don't get the uh, unemployment uh, lull later in the fall where... Or- we, they work through that backlog of patients so yep, yeah exactly
0: well bj we appreciate you coming on
2: well it was great to talk to both of you
0: thanks awesome hey i gotta ask curious what's the bj stand for oh, bruce jeffrey bruce jeffrey never would have thought
2: I, yeah, everyone always thinks brian james or something else my dad yeah, yeah. bruce so ever since i could talk if people were calling me bj so. uh-huh that's a cool. name from my parents gave me when we were you know i was little to separate me from my dad cool nice
1: thank you great story yeah I appreciate listening to you you're just one of a kind and you've taught us At so many meetings i've learned so much from you so
2: thank you for that thank you for having me on always great talk to both of you and i wish you the best with everything you have going on
0: all right awesome bj thank you so much all right. bye-bye Bye. appreciate it Dental Services Group is proud to support the National Board of Certification and Dental Technology and proudly promote certification for dental technicians throughout their national network of laboratories.
1: The CDT designation sets certified dental technicians apart from others in the field demonstrating a mastery of knowledge and applied skills in the art of dentistry.
0: Certification also raises the standards of dental health through education in all aspects of dental technology. At Dental Services Group, they believe dentistry plays a significant role in the healthcare ecosystem and is committed to providing solutions to benefit the overall health and well-being of the patient. Visit NBCCERT to learn more about becoming a CDT and dentalservices.net to learn
1: more about how DSG supports the dental community. And they support our podcast, so thank you DSG. Big thanks to BJ for coming on our podcast. Nice thing about BJ, if you've ever seen him on stage, is that he shares a ton of information with our industry. I've seen him at Cal Lab. I've seen him, well, I see him at Visions. I saw him speak at Visions. I see him at Cal Lab. Amazing. And he's super smart and he's got a lot to share. He doesn't seem to hide anything and definitely we appreciate that. Pretty cool what he does at Rowe. Hope you guys love the podcast. If you are interested in his Uber style of chairside conversions, you can check out chairsidesupport.com for more information. Might be a really good way for a technician or a lab to earn some extra income. So check it out.
0: Just like we talked to BJ, if you're someone out there in the industry, we want to talk to you too. If you're interested in being on the podcast or you know someone who might be interested to be on the podcast send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com. Or you can always hit us up on our Facebook page, Voices from the Bench, and contact us through the messaging service there. We'd happy to talk to you and discuss having you on the podcast for a future episode. And speaking of Facebook, head over and like our Facebook page or Instagram page. We always try to keep it funny and have some good dental laboratory humor going on. So make sure you give us a like, and we will see you there. All right, everybody. That's all we got. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. we have cool beans